Welcome, guys and gals, to the Man Talk Show. I'm Connor Beaton, and today on this special episode, this is a very special episode because this is the first time that I will ever be having a conversation like this, and I think it is be the beginning of, of probably many more. So uh, in this episode, I'm going to interview an anonymous person. This person is completely anonymous. You won't know who they are, their identity, their name, but they are a client of mine. And in this episode... Um, this individual and I are going to unpack his past. And so uh, he's going to share stories from his past. He's going to share his family system and uh, share a little bit of insight into what it was like to grow up in his family dynamic. And we're going to talk about some of the challenges that came out of that space. So uh, he grew up in a very volatile, abusive home where uh, abuse was not only present um, for him, but for the other members in his family. Um, addiction was present and um, a, a lot of different things. So you might hear parts of yourself or someone that you know their story in his story. Uh, and and you might see parts of your upbringing while the circumstances might be different in his story. And the whole point of this episode is that he, I, I'm going to ask him questions that sort of walk him through parts of his journey and and how they shaped his life, how abuse as a young boy shaped his life, how um, the sexual abuse at some point shaped his life. And we're going to talk about how those things not only impacted him, but drove him to create what he's built because he's a very successful entrepreneur in the world. Uh, he's got an incredible business um, that is very, very successful. And we're going to talk about how that that part was shaped, but we're also going to look at some very sort of prescriptive anecdotal pieces. So one of the questions, one of the main questions that a lot of people asked when I said, hey, I'm going to be interviewing one of my clients on the podcast and talking about his childhood. Um, one of the biggest questions that most people had was how did he uh, start working through trauma? And what were some steps that he took to repair the relationship with his father and his mother and his uh, siblings? So in this episode, we're actually going to talk about some of the things that that uh, he has worked through individually, uh, either with past therapists or counselors or coaches, and some of the actions that he's taken to rectify some of those things. And we're going to discuss some of the things that him and I have embarked on, some of the uh, components that he's worked through in our sessions uh, and in the Man Talks group. So this is a, a pretty real and and raw sort of retelling of someone's story. So I hope that you take a chance to listen to the entire thing. Don't forget to share it with just one person. You know, I think the stories that are in this episode and the very real life stories that are in this episode can really help serve a lot of people, uh, especially men that have grown up in abusive environments or environments with addiction or abandonment, uh, or even if they had the perfect household growing up um, and there was something missing. Uh, this, there's always something to learn. There's always something to learn. So I hope that you share this episode with one person. And uh, guys, don't forget to join the conversation in the Man Talks community. Some great conversations. Um, some of them like this in the, in the Man Talks community. Um, but uh, yeah, and don't forget to leave a rating and a review. Subscribe on whatever platform that you listen to so that you never miss an episode. And without further delay, I am going to bring on my anonymous clients. So let's welcome, uh, let's welcome our guest for today. Yeah, thanks so much, Connor. I'm stoked to be here. Yeah, it's going to be really good. So... Um, this was actually, this idea was born out of me working with a lot of men and realizing that a lot of guys 
have stuff in their past that maybe they haven't talked about and that it could be very liberating and, and useful uh, to have these dialogues publicly. And you and I have been working together now for quite some time and over a year, over a year. And I think that it's uh it's a, I mean, just watching your growth and your development has been really incredible. And so I'm excited to have this conversation today because I think that your journey, your life uh, will, will really, and your story will really serve a lot of people. So on that note, let's, uh, well, actually just before that, just to give the listeners some context. So um, we're going to be sharing this anonymous journey and it's going to be all about his uh, story and his past. Um, we're going to go into childhood traumas. We're going to talk about family dynamics. We're going to talk about uh, entrepreneurship, business building, uh, you know, breakups, heartbreak, the the whole the whole gamut. Like we're literally going to talk about everything. I'd like to bring sex into the into this conversation as well, and relationships to sex. Yeah, yeah, we're going to talk about sex and relationships to sex. Uh, so there's going to be some big pieces in here. So let's let's just dive straight in. So I'm going to start with the regular, the, the sacred question, the beginning question, which is tell us a story about a defining moment in your life that made you who you are today. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Thanks, Connor. Um, I love that question. And I, I always look forward to it on every one of your podcasts and I, I everybody else has all been, there's so many defining moments in my life, right? There, there really is. But I think one that pertains to this podcast the most is what kind of set me off on this journey of self-development and kind of looking deeper into my own stories and my own beliefs and what I've been bought into my whole life. I've been involved with the Man Talks community for about two years now. And I, uh, I went to see one of the talks and it was about resiliency. And I, I listened to the stories and they were great. You had Dove Bear in there and such an inspirational speaker. I mean, I was totally motivated by the guy. And, and I really thought that I, I have a pretty resilient story that I could share with people that people could find a lot of strength in. So I get on my high horse and I'm like, I think, I, I don't know if you remember this, my Connor, I want to talk at one of your, one of your events, you know, thinking that, that I could do this because I, I love public speaking. I really get off on it. I love the energy behind it. So I dive into it. I start writing this, this big, long hero speech of my life journey of what I went, how I came to be and the things that I've accomplished. And I'm, pr I'm proud of them, you know, so I always want to get better at public speaking. And I've always heard that if you practice your public speaking in the mirror, you know, you get a little bit better. So was, I've never really done that before. I've always winged it and that's just the way I've been. And it's been good, but I want to, I want to improve. So I started uh, speaking my, my life story out loud and about two minutes into a 15 minute speech that I had planned out, I got to my family dynamics and speaking those words out loud about what I went through as a child broke me. And this was a year and a half ago. I could not recover from it from the rest of the day. I was sobbing like a baby for four hours, I think. And I could not go back to work. And I just reliving what I actually went through. I think it was the first time I've ever acknowledged that I had a very hard life. I always kind of poked fun at it or, or avoided it or just said, yeah, my life sucked. And my, my wife always was like, man, you should, probably look into that a little bit more, you know, but she never really pushed me too hard. So I think that's, uh, that's where I started to get really curious about how that story was driving me and what was showing up today. Yeah. I think it's interesting, right? Because we all have these, these moments in our life where we, we reflect back, right? I think Steve Jobs says you can only connect the dots backwards. And so we start to look backwards and we start to look at the things that have happened in our past 
And sometimes we paint it with a very like perfect paintbrush, right? We're like, oh yeah, everything was great. And usually when we say like, oh yeah, everything was great, it's because we're trying to protect someone or something. Um, and, and other times we look back and, and we realize how hard things actually were, you know, whether it was financially because our parents were struggling or there was divorce or, you know, there was trauma and abuse or, uh, you know, all of it. At uh, once. Yeah. yeah. Or, or there's all of those things at once, which is probably, you know, kind of what we're about to get into. So, so let's talk a little bit about your family system, Share, shed some light for the people that are listening into the, the players without using names, but shed some light into the players in your system. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there might be some emotion here because I mean, it's, I think it's pretty powerful for me and I think that it brings a lot of power into the discussion as well. When you bring vulnerability and, and kind of wear those emotions out um, vulnerably, but I was from a family of uh, me, my brother, my mother and father. Uh, my father was a drug addict. Uh, he was very absent. Um, he was an alcoholic and my mother was an alcoholic. Uh, my mother was away working a lot and my brother raised me for a lot of it. He's six years older than me and he took a lot of care of me and he was very physically abusive. And, you know, it was just, we were a small family and, and living in the outskirts of the middle of nowhere. And my grandparents lived close by and it was, it was heavily, it was, a, it was a family of shame. It was just generations of shame being passed on from one to another. When, when you say that your, that your brother was abusive, can you give some context to that? Because I think, you know, there's, and there's a very like mainstream dialogue right now that's happening. And I think we've seen it in some of the commercials, like the Chill Back commercial that just came out recently. It seems to have Unreal, by the caused way. a lot of controversy. <laughs> but, you know, we see a lot of, of this mentality of boys will be boys and that, you know, Brothers usually grow up fighting a little bit. You know, there there's a lot of conflict. So tell tell me a little bit more about like how you classified and how you started to know that there was abuse from him. From the oh, okay, so you have the you have the the big the big abuse, the the, the overt abuse, the 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 physical abuse, the locking me outside when it's minus twenty outside and six inches of snow on the ground and laughing his head off when I'm crying to get back inside because I don't have socks on and and holding me down and flashing a camera in my eyes for an hour straight until I can't see, yeah. you know, that's, that's the big stuff. But then, then what I'm, what I'm really bringing to light recently is the, the underlying, underlying abuse where manipulation is brought in and, and he would abuse me physically, but then he would protect me from everything else. Yeah. And there's this form of manipulation there from one, that's just from my brother, but there's also that coming in from my mother and father yeah, it's like a, it's almost like the the Stockholm syndrome, right? Like you have the your your captors or your abusers that that sort of take take you captive, and they protect you from a lot of the outside harm and outside drama, but they're also the ones that are harming you, right? And so that's a you know that's something that that we'll dig into more as we go on. So t tell me a little bit more about what maybe around what age you were when you started to realize that maybe your family dynamic was a little unhealthy and like what that environment was like. Uh, when I was 30. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. Can you expand on, on that and, and why it hit you when you were 30? Yeah. I mean, you know, I think that it came up when I was like 28 or 29 and I, I, I saw a picture of me when I was a kid and this has kind of set me off on this thing where I was like, whoa, what the hell did I grow up in? But it was a picture of me in my room that I grew up in and the walls were bare 
and there's exposed electrical sockets and the floor is plywood. And it's like, holy shit. Like you don't really, you, you know, you make the best of all the situations and you, you grew up in what you know. And as a kid, you do, you have these blinders on and you don't know what's right and wrong and what's, you know, you, you just do the best you can. And I never looked at that picture for you know, 25 years. And when I saw it, it was, it was a pretty hard hit to the heart. Realizing that I did grow up poor and my family was really messed up. Yeah. So, so tell me, let's just, let's just talk about the players in your family system. So describe your brother to me uh, and the listeners a little bit more in depth. He, oh, it's, it's so deep. He's, he's, a, he's a beautiful human being today. I, I love him. And, uh, you know, we've come a long way in healing, but he, we, when my parents got divorced, he had a choice to go live with my father who is not the strongest role model of a father. And I had, the, and I chose to live with my mother because she kept me safe from my father, who I was absolutely terrified of. I mean, I don't have good memories of my father. I do have maybe one or two, but they're all pretty traumatic, scary experiences with him. So um, my brother went to live with my father and he grew up in group homes and he was in group homes. He was out of group homes. He was living with my dad. He came to live with us. He was a, he was a hard kid to handle, but there was, there was no acknowledgement of emotions in our household. There was no being safe to express emotions. So it was all super reactive. Everything was emotionally driven. Everything was heated. And it was, it was, it was really hard to, to be safe as a kid. What, what role did you see your brother trying to, trying to play in, in your life and then, and then in the lives of your parents? Yeah. It's a pretty deep question. I'm going to try to answer that the best I can. Um, I think that the role they tried to play in my life was this, like you said, Stockholm syndrome protector abuser, because he would take me and and, and do inappropriate things. And then um, he would protect me from, from like my parents and he would protect me from their craziness. But then, yeah. So, so I think that that would be the, the most accurate way that I can explain it right now. Did you, and did you have a sense, like a conscious sense that he, was struggling at some point, like even in your teenage years that he was unhappy? No, no, I, I, I didn't. I, again, it took me 30 years to kind of be like, whoa, we are all hurting. And it's, you've seen me come through those, some of those breakthroughs yeah. as well. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about um, your, your mother. Let, tell, tell the listeners just a little bit about her character, what she's like, and, and maybe just give some context into what she was like when you were growing up. Yeah. Well, I mean, she was definitely a very emotional woman, very loving. Um, she was always there for me. Uh, you know, you never, you never want to speak publicly it, it, like badly of your mother, but I think there's, there's going to be a lot of power here. And, and you know, the person she is today is not the person she was 30 years ago. And, uh, she was doing the best that she could. She was, uh, she was working a lot. She was away for many days at a time and, it was hard on her, but it's what she knew and it's what she had to do. And, you know, back then it was the the corporate career with a good pension and everything and with the safety. So, you know, I respect that. But with that, uh, she, she also had a lot of, had a lot of uh, shameful behavior and she manipulated as well. And she would do things behind my back and say one thing and do another. And I think that it was just because she wanted to protect me. And, and you know, so, sometimes people believe that if they lie, you're protecting someone when really it's just going to come out tenfold in the future. What were some of the things that looking back you observed or started to realize that your mom was trying to protect you on? Like what were some of the things that she would, 
lie or fabricate or or manipulate in, in terms of situations. Um, she would she would paint my father as this terrible human being because the only memory I have is my father is that he's a terrible person. And that gets me a little emotional right now because that's not a good, I haven't seen my dad in 24 years, 25 years now. And that's the only story I know. And from, from talking to people that's, you know, she would, she would do everything to protect me from him. Um, She would keep me away from him. She would, she wouldn't let me get exposed to him. And then I remember once she did let me get exposed to him and I, and, and my father also extremely manipulative. The last time my interaction with my father, he, you know, he calls my mom, fucking crazy. She's, she's, a, you know, bitch and all this stuff. And then I come back wearing that as a small kid. And then I'm like, mom, you're a bitch. And you know, and it's like, you have this, like these two opposing powers. And as a 12 year old kid, you're pretty influenced very easily. And you buy into ideas pretty goddamn easily. So I went home to her and I got in a fight with her. And she's like, you're never seeing your father again. So it was always in my father's like, I'll do anything to get away from your crazy bitch mother. So it's like, who the fuck do I believe here? Yeah. Like who do, who's protecting me? Yeah. It's a, it's an immense, it's an immense amount of, of tension, but also suffering as a child, right? Wanting to appease both, the, both the figures, right? The father figure and the mother figure and, and sort of being used as like the tug of war doll between the two. So initially, can you just share a little bit around your experience of, of feeling pulled between the two? What was that experience like? Because I think that that's, that's actually so relatable, right? And and maybe it's not as extreme for some people. Like maybe they maybe their parents were still together, or their parents did get divorced, but they still co-parented. Um, or maybe their parents stayed together for a long time, but there was still this this rift. I think it's very, um, yeah, it's just very very commonplace that people feel pulled between their parents. Yeah, my experience within that was. You know, I would, I would protect my mother as a child because I used to watch my mom get, get the snot beat out of her, like terrible, like I, I would, yeah, the worst kind of beating and seeing that would, I, I wanted to protect her. And I remember one of my first memories as a child was that when I was three years old and the only way I knew how to protect my mother was do everything she wanted me to do. So when she had big emotions, I would take it. I would wear it. I would let her walk all over me emotionally. She would bring them up and she would just, she would, she could emotionally abuse me. She could be pissed off at me and, and take it out on me because of shit that happened at work. And I would be like, yeah, mom, I love you. You know, because that's the only way I knew how to protect her as a kid. I was too small to do anything else. So in terms of that, I became this, this surrogate, surrogate father figure in the house. And I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I I think that gives some good context. And I think, you know, we're going to pull this apart a little bit more as, as we go along, but I think right now we're just trying to give context to all the listeners that they can see your story. So let's get to the, let's get to the, the ominous figure (laughs) looming in the background. Uh, Tell us a little bit about your, about your dad. Yeah. So uh, my dad, uh, again, uh, super alpha male, very big, large, big presence, very emotional. He was the alpha in the house and everything had to be his way. Everything was his way or you get punched or you get abused or, you know, he, there was, there was a very one way highway with him and he would never look at other perceptions and, and I don't know, I don't know how into this you want to go. So, I mean, I, like I, if I go too far, just stop me and we'll, we'll bring it back a bit, but it's like, you know, he 
was my teacher about authority. And he, he taught me all of the complete wrong ways, how to deal with authority, how to be authority, how to handle my emotions. There was just so much shit there. And he would abandon us. He would just disappear for two weeks at a time. And I've, I've, you know, I don't know for a fact, but it was because of drug induced, you know, leavings and, and departures. So it was, it was, it was hard to see as a kid. And I remember the stories that I remember of him are him beating my mom, him chasing a bus with a baseball bat, uh, him bad talking, like bad mouthing my mom, trying to get him to buy onto his side. Uh, that's, that's all I have. Yeah. So in, in terms of, you know, I think you talked about authority there and just some of the other pieces around being a man and, and learning about authority and learning how to set rules and give direction, especially within a family dynamic, having become a father in the last three years, three years. Yeah. Yeah. Having become a father in the last three years, what was that experience like when you realized that you were going to have a kid and the memories that you had of your father, because roughly how old were you when, when your father left the last time you saw him? Six. Okay. And I'm terrified for my kid to turn six. <laughs> <laughs> so that's like a, that's like a milestone right there. Good, good to know. Yeah. Yeah. Good to know. All right. So, um, so the, so the memories that you do have of your father are, are fairly volatile and, and we've, you know, we've talked about some of those and we've worked through some of those, but maybe give the listeners some insight into what it was like to approach fatherhood from the lens of, of what you had seen in the past and some of your concerns stepping into that role for yourself. If I get emotional here, it's like, it's hard talking about your kid in such a deep way. Right. I think that it's so much like my kid's about to turn three. And that was based, that was, I can remember my first memories of my father beating my mom around that age. And it's like, I, I get so emotional thinking about the environment that my kid's growing up in right now. And uh, yeah, like me and my wife are, are amazing. We have really good communication and I just never, I never want to see a small child go through that because it's, it's really hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's a challenging space. And it, and it's, a, it's especially challenging when, when we want to give our kids the, the things that we maybe didn't have growing up, right? And I think a lot of people that step into parenthood, they, they have that desire, right? They actually, it's almost like um, not, a, not a second chance, right, to relive the childhood. But for many parents, it's stepping into being a parent to almost have a sense of getting it right for themselves, you know? Yeah. And I, I think that, uh, you know, I was never allowed to have emotions as a kid and my kid can tell me that he's angry at me and he's two years and eight months, you know, yeah. he can tell me why he can be like, I'm so angry because you took my horsey and I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> I, it took me 31 years to be able to express an emotion like that. Yeah. So tell, tell us, uh, tell me a little bit about why, why you felt as a child, why you felt as a kid, like you couldn't express your emotions. What, what happened with emotions in your household? They were shamed. Uh, you, you brought emotions into the room and, and even to this date, my mother tells me how I should be feeling. You know, you, you bring emotions room. there's no mirroring, there's no validation. And I mean, I think that that is a, a thing that you need to learn on your journey from reading some good literature of like, you need to mirror your, your, your kin's emotions and you need to reflect them and you need to acknowledge them and validate them. And even today I'm like, mom, I'm having a really hard day. 
to, you shouldn't have a hard day. Look at all these good things. And it's like, I just need you to be like, yeah, that sounds hard. And I'll always remember that time that me and you sat down and we had a little role-playing session after we got off the phone and you did that to me. And it's like my fucking world just blew up around me of, of how to do that. Yeah. Do you want to elaborate on that a little bit more around like having the conversation that we had? Yeah. 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 So I was, uh, we were on a man weekend and, uh, and I was on the phone with my wife and she's just, she's losing her mind over something. doesn't matter what it is. She's just, she's like, I can't believe this is happening. Oh my God. I'm like, babe, like, don't worry about it. It's totally cool. This is, this is such a, (laughs) I wish this part was on video, right? Cause like, (laughs) I think, I think everybody can like get the picture in their head of, I think we've all been there, especially as guys or, or maybe women on the other end have, have received it, but we've definitely all been there. It's like, don't even worry about it. Just like completely devaluate, devaluating their, their experience. Totally unaware of this. Again, this is how I always talk to all of my girlfriends, my whole life and people, when people bring like problems that can be worked through, it's just, don't worry about it. We'll fix it. You know, you want to be the fixer. It's all good, like whatever. And then she's like, she's like, you'll never get it. And like hangs up the phone. I'm like, no, she knows I'm gone for the weekend. So whatever. And then Connor's like, he's like, 